no need to introduce Vicki Gaston to you all because you all know her better than I do. Um, so thank you for um, knowing Vicki, and I'm just so pleased to get to know her because of her um, wonderful history with the Advent, and so we're so glad to have her here with us today. She's the curator of Hodges Chapel over at Beeson Divinity School, which sounds like just a wonderful ministry role. So she's going to lead us in a little bit of worship and in um, a talk, too, right here. So can everyone see her from where you are if she stands right here? Can you all see her? What a blessing and honor and privilege it is to be back here with you all. We have never left, Jim and I, in our hearts. Uh, we have been called to help a church plant that meets at Beeson Divinity School, Christ the King Anglican Church. And in that, the Lord is allowing me to uh, oversee and nurture a prayer ministry there. And so we are with you all, though and love you and thank you for praying for us and especially after Jim's stroke last year. So you were all walking with us all the time. And I also thank you for this privilege to come before you today for us to worship together and share in this time. And I hope we'll also have some time to pray together and um, then see if you have some questions. But, but as we begin, I would like to draw your attention to the cover of the handout before we actually open it. And this is the mural in Hodges Chapel, and it's the Advent mural where Isaiah is pointing to Mary in Christ. And it's from Isaiah 714. And it is, and behold, a virgin shall bear a child, and he shall be called Emmanuel. And so there are three words that I pray that you will remember this morning. Emmanuel, God is with us. He is never away from us. We are never out of his sight. And that he gives us hearts to receive him fully. And the way when times happen to us that we don't understand, and particularly this past week, a place to ponder, a place to go when we hurt, when life seems to fall in around us, a place to ponder, which is in that receptive heart. And so I know with all of you that we walk with the coals and pray for them mightily and in knowing that the grace of God is with us and thinking, what would Mary want us to know today? And in that, I believe that she would point to her Savior and our Savior and say, remember the words of Jesus, that peace, I give you my peace. In this world, you will have trials and tribulations. He knew he has overcome death and pain and sin, but he hasn't returned yet. So in that time of waiting for him to return, we have his peace. And to be in his presence 
in all ways, in all sorts of conditions, and having our eyes focused on him, then he gives us the compassion to then go forth and walk with people in their time of need. And I know that he will give each one of you that special way to reach out to the Coles in just the special moment that they need it, and then with other family members that you have. This is a time always where we remember those whom we love and how is it that we can reach out to them in the compassion of Christ. And so in so doing then, we come together in worship this morning as a part of the meditation. And so I would like to invite you to open your, really what I've created a little bit of an order of worship for us this morning. So where you see the bold print is, is where you would respond. Great and marvelous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the ages. Who will not fear you, O Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who was in the fullness of time born of the Blessed Virgin Mary, from whom he received our human nature, by which through his suffering, death, and glorious resurrection, he won our salvation. Except we beseech you our giving thanks for the witness of Mary's faith and the courage of her obedience. Grant to us, we pray, the faithfulness to stand with her by the cross of your Son in his redemptive suffering and the suffering of your pilgrim church on earth. By the gift of your Spirit, increase within us a lively sense of our communion in your Son with the saints on earth and the saints in heaven. May she who is the first disciple be for us a model of faith's response to your will in all things. May her, let it be with me according to your word, be our constant prayer. May her do whatever he tells you, elicit from us a more perfect surrender of obedience to her Lord and ours. Continue to lead us, we pray, into a more manifest unity of faith and life so that the world may believe and those whom you have chosen with the Blessed Virgin Mary and all the saints rejoice forever in your glory. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let us say the Magnificat together. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. 
He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. As we know, Advent is coming, and it is a holy time of preparation for the place of our Lord in our hearts. And it is a time of repentance, a time to reflect on how it is in the most important moment in history after the, the Annunciation, the announcement that Mary would bear the Christ child, for God to come into this world, to become flesh and walk among us, to be a man as in Isaiah who said, one who is well acquainted with sorrows, to be one who knows what we know and to share in life with us, to remember John 3.16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so through the gospel message, we look at the cross of humility in faith and we know the salvation of God and the forgiveness of our sins and in the Holy Spirit, we wait with hope to dwell in eternity with our Lord and Savior. And that sort of hope, in the Hebrew understanding of it, especially when you look at Psalm 27, I would have lost hope in the land of the living if it were not for God. So that is a hope of not if God will come, not if he hears me, but when and how. And so when we remember what God is doing in all of our lives in times that bring such upset where we know we are so much out of control and that he is, we remember that we have faith, we have hope, and we have love. And we know that in Corinthians. The two things, that, all three are, are crucial here on earth in our walk of faith. But faith and hope once we're in eternity at home with God, everyone who is there with them, you don't need those anymore. What we'll always have, though, is the love of God. And that's our anchor. And that's where we sit this morning at the foot of the cross, in his love. And so that lifts our eyes upward and outward. And it helps us in, in reminding when we uh, ourselves when we look at Mary and other women who've gone before us in faith, how can we learn from them? What do they have to share with us about faith? And so often when we when we think of her, we we think of her culturally, and we we know of her as being yes she was very young, yes she was. Uh, part of, of a, a oppressed people 
and we always hear throughout the testament as we should that people were sinful and they weren't following god but in those 400 years between the last prophecy and the time of christ that's known as the intertestamental period people waited with great hope and anticipation for when the messiah would come and so she was part of a faithful remnant and I have to say I think of the Advent so often in that same calling that God is giving as, as a church family a faithful remnant and they were the ones who knew that they were the chosen people of God and particularly the women knew and waited with great anticipation because they were the ones that bore, we're the ones who bear the children and those faithful coming more into the fold in life. And so in her time, women hoped and waited and prayed and asking God, might I be the one to bear the Messiah? In that faithful remnant, they knew and understood the scripture. And so as we have now a list of what are the popular names of today, Yeshua was the most popular name to be given a son in, in that time. And of course, Jesus means, Yeshua means one who brings deliverance, health, and well-being, doesn't it? And so they were waiting, and that's why Elizabeth said to Mary in Luke 142, blessed are you among women for the child you will, you will bear. And so she was not elevating Mary above the women. She was acknowledging a biblical truth that God will come through the birth of a woman. And so that is why we call her Theotokos, the one who gave birth to the one who is God. She is the God-bearer. And so through God's efficacious grace, she knew when Gabriel said with God that nothing is impossible and that his loyal love, his hesed, loyal, faithful love given without expecting anything in return and given uh, that restored relationship with his people in Jeremiah 24, he is bringing through Mary the understanding that I am your God and you will be my people and I will be your God. And so when we think of that purpose of God for Mary, I do hope you'll also be thinking, what is his particular purpose for me? He has every one of us here to love us and for us to belong what we need to know more than anything as human beings is do I belong and when we love and know and trust Christ as our Savior we belong and we belong to him and he will never forsake us or let us go and he also then gives us a place a place of family here on earth a place to worship and respond to him and then he gives us a voice every one of us through the fruit of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit a way to minister and respond to him in any way possible that he calls us in every day everyday occurrences and so mary knew this and so we're given we're given this picture of mary and scripture points to her throughout salvation history and i have some of the biblical references on the back of your uh, handout to see that all the time scripture is pointing away from her toward Christ, toward what God is doing salvifically. 
And so when the angel Gabriel came to her, you'll see in the Magnificat all of the different places of scripture that she was quoting from. Now, most commonly, most of that is in Hannah. But please keep in mind that as a faithful remnant, her family, even though she would not have been educated, and because her tradition didn't allow that, only the males in the family would have, but she would have heard scripture in, in the home. And so we need to think about that, about how are we reading scripture at home and with our family members, it's read every day. And so she knew the word of God and she knew who she was waiting for and that is why she was able to sing this, haunt, this psalm that Martin Luther calls the embodiment of God's unmerited grace. And so we can, even though there have been mixed messages about Mary throughout these last 500 years in the Reformation, can we talk about her? Can we say her name? Maybe we shouldn't. Uh-oh, I might be worshiping her. I don't mean to be. And so, so Dr. Timothy George straightens us right out. And he writes in an article about Mary in Christianity Today that we can, without compromising our principles of, of sola gratia, grace alone, God's grace alone, sola fide, trusting in Christ alone, and sola scriptura, only through scripture, that we can honor Mary in ways that are scripturally based. And so we too can be a generation who calls her blessed. And so we learn much about Mary when we enter into her life at the Annunciation. And she recognizes and trusts and believes that let it be unto me, Lord, what you will. And so she has a receptive heart, a heart made ready, a heart who's at the center of her soul and her being. And so it's wonderful that we have these minds that God has given us. I love to use my mind. I love to read. I love to think. I love to analyze but where the real work and the real glory and the real honor takes place is in the center of our being. And that to the Hebrews matters, and to us matters more than anything. What is, are we receiving in our hearts and how is, it, how is the Holy Spirit dwelling within us and using the love that God is pouring into us? And so with humility, Mary knows who she's waiting for and she knows why. Now, we also need to think that since she knew scripture, she knew when she was saying yes, that I, and I hope you'll think about this, especially in times of suffering and sorrow in your life. She knew Isaiah 7:14. She knew that God, that Christ would be born, that Jesus would be born. She knew he would grow up to serve his God, his father. She also knew Psalm 22, the psalm that describes what it was like when he was crucified. She knew that. And she knew that he would be raised from the dead and he would bring her people to God in a reconciled relationship to know the salvific forgiveness of their sins and our sins. And so she knew as she praised God and when we think of praise, she knew what was before them, but she knew the glory that would come. And that intimate, 
loving relationship God gives to all of us and dwells so richly in all of us and makes as we wait on him expectantly to show us in our lives I know that every one of us in here are carrying burdens I have a need for reconciliation in my family right now that I have not with my husband and my but an extended family that I pray and know the day will come when we can be reconciled but right now I have to wait and but I can entrust that time to God we all have these needs in our hearts right now and so within that humility that she is offering and the praise that she begins with it's the praise of a faithful believer who knows that God heals the brokenhearted and binds our wounds and when we think of praise it is not saying wow everything is okay this is okay what's happening <laughs> what we are doing in praising God is he is, we are turning to him and trusting in where he is and how he is walking with us we are praising the living God who gives us the nourishment and the word and the healing that we need and the patience to wait as he heals us here but ultimately in heaven with him and so she knew the word of God and she kept it in her heart and wanted to obey him as a servant when she says a handmaiden what she's referring to is Lord let me be a servant of yours of which we're all able to do and called to do in Christ and so her witness to us of her faith in God as the mother of Jesus she was the person closest to him in those most impressionable years and you know as you read in scripture she often accompanied Jesus with other women and ministered to his needs and she stood by him during his crucifixion and then became a disciple of his and his, re and his resurrection and so she trusted God she lived into knowing who God is and he says what who he is and his character in Deuteronomy 34 I am long-suffering merciful and kind I do not tolerate sin but come to me and you belong to me she also knew the Shema in Deuteronomy 6 love the Lord your God with all of your heart and your soul and your mind and that was placed on the doorway and known coming and going every day in, in their homes and Shema is such a wonderful word it means listen listen with every part of your being not just your ears but take it in and soak in who your God is and so she trusted in the measure of faith given to her by God. We are all given a right measure of faith. We know that in Romans 12. She trusted in the faith that, that she had been given. But at the same time, there were times that she didn't understand what was happening around her. She didn't understand. And she, we read several times in her interactions with her son and other people's interactions that she didn't understand everything God was doing but she pondered these things in her heart so to ponder something in your heart means 
It literally means to give careful, considerable thought to what you're seeing and hearing. And so in that faith, listening to God and hearing him in our daily lives. Martin Luther expresses faith this way. Faith does not require information, knowledge, or certainty, but the free surrender and a joyful bet on God's unfelt, untried, and unknown goodness. We are placing our life in his hands and trusting that we belong to him, for in scripture we learn that if God is for us, who can stand against us? And so we find ourselves in the same situation as Mary in times of our lives of faith, and we don't understand everything. And to give a couple of examples um, as far as her understanding and her pondering is when you look in Mark 3.21, when his fam Jesus' family thinks he's just gone mad and they want him to come home. We all do that. <laughs> <coughs> then in Mark 3, 31 through 35, where his, um, where, where his family has come to get him. And in that, he is saying something that is so intriguing. He says, the followers of him are his disciples who are members of his holy family. So we have to think that what, a, what an amazing statement. That is not saying that he doesn't love his family, but he loves them so much that he wants them and all of us to trust in him as Lord and Savior and to ask for the forgiveness of our sins. He is saying, it's not blood that gets you into heaven. My blood does, but it's not a relationship within a family because you were born into it. It's because I come to you and bring my grace to you. And so these are things that Mary would have taken in her heart to ponder. And so in that intentional understanding as we look at Mary, as God draws us into his heart, that's what he's doing every day. He's drawing us into his heart. And so we become disciples of Christ, which means we are learners, we are, we are hearers, learners, and doers of God's word. And Mary shows us and patterns that for us in how she walked, how she pondered, how she received in Christ a heart that is able to know that understanding doesn't come immediately, but it is a heart that accepts God's word and stores up the teaching received through his word. And it reflects a perspective of patience in learning what makes the heart and mind attentive. And we live in a world that operates in nanoseconds now. And to sit and listen and wait on God brings in eternal moments in those nanoseconds. And to wait on him, to minister to you, to turn to him and say, I need you, Lord. And for him to hear, when it says in Isaiah 56, that I hold your tears in a bottle. What he is saying is, I am concerned for you, and I love you, and I am watching over you, and I am listening. And our response as an act of worship 
is in receiving and his love and then waiting and watching. And you think of Monica, Augustine's son, mother. Monica prayed for him for 20 years, 20 years, while he went off and had a life, <laughs> quite a life in those 20 years. But she prayed because she knew of our faithful God. And so I ask you, as you're thinking about how God reveals himself to us and protects us and guards our lives, he guards the lives of the upright, those who walk blamelessly in his will and in his ways. And so, as I conclude, and as we prepare to pray together, I hope that you will see how Mary and others point us to God and how he will use us to point others to our Lord and Savior that we don't have to wear a mask while we do that. We can share the vulnerabilities in our lives because we are safe and hid in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we can trust in him and become abandoned to his will and recognize that faith is a privilege, it's not a right. But God helps us to become more and more Christ-like and gives us that shalom, that right relationship with him, that peace that passes all understanding. Amen. I'd like to begin with a moment of prayer, and you can pray silently, that's fine. But if you feel as though you can, would like to offer a prayer, um, we, I welcome that out, out loud. But, so we, we may pray in silence together, and that's fine. But I would like to offer up uh, our Advent family to the Lord. And I have a prayer uh, from St. John of the Cross that I pray will be one that is comforting to you and then we will finish with the Lord's Prayer and then I will ask you to, to hear and receive the song of, of Mary as we conclude so let us pray Lord Christ we, we give you thanks and praise that you at this very moment are seated on your throne of grace living to pray and advocate to the Father for us Forgive us of our sins, I pray, Lord Christ. Cleanse us and purify us so that we may now, as sisters in Christ belonging to you, come together and come boldly to your throne of grace. I thank you that you call us to cast our burdens upon you, not hand them, cast them, so that you can take what is on our hearts now, our praises, our thanksgivings, our needs and concerns and minister to everyone here. I thank you for the love shared amongst us. Help us, Lord, to be your disciples. Thank you for your mother who was with you, who shows us how to love our children, love our family, who is a witness for us 
of what it is to be faithful and especially of your faith lord for that which you have begun in us as it's written in philippians you will be faithful to complete comforting father everything within us resists the thought that you're lord over all even depression and despair when we are desolate help us to lift our sights above our condition and wait for a new light to fall within us, bringing colors, your light, beyond the spectrum of Earth's colors, showing us the shade called hope. And now, as our Lord and Savior taught us to pray, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Sing we of the Blessed Mother who received the angel's word and obedient to the summons bore in love the infant Lord. Sing we of the joys of Mary at whose breast the child was fed, who is son of God eternal and the everlasting bread. Sing we too of Mary's sorrows, of the sword that pierced her through, when beneath the cross of Jesus she his weight of suffering knew. Look upon her son and savior reigning high on Calvary's tree. Saw the price of our redemption paid to set the sinner free. Sing again the joys of Mary when she saw the risen Lord and in prayer with Christ's apostles waited on the promised word. From on high the blazing glory of the spirit's breath of God's presence came. Heavenly breath of God's own being manifest in wind and flame. Sing the chiefest joy of Mary when on earth her work was done <coughs> and the Lord of all creation brought her to his heavenly home. Where raised high with saints and angels in Jerusalem above, she beholds her son and savior reigning as the Lord above. And as you look in the dome of the chapel at um, Hodges, and you see Christ's hands looking out. When Petri Bodizatu finished painting, took him 18 months to paint these frescoes, and he and Dr. George were sitting in the chapel by themselves, and he looked up into the dome and he said, something is missing. And he prayed about it, and he looked up and he said, the scars on Jesus' hands are not there. So Petru had to go back up those 10 um, that scaffolding that was equivalent to 10 stories and he painted in those scars and so we remember when God welcomes us home when he welcomes anyone home that we know and love there is only going to be one person who has, bears any scars of sin and that's Christ Amen um,
receive the Lord's blessing as you go out from here. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you today and forevermore.